Welcome to the Wednesday Bible Study, coming to you from the Rick and Bubba Broadcast Plaza and Teleport again, uh, no longer in quarantine, and, and hopefully not to return to quarantine, but uh, boy, what a, what a year 2020 continues to be, but it is good to be back in the Broadcast Plaza and Teleport. Uh, do not have the men in the room. We haven't had that since uh, March of this year, so uh, we, we continue to pray and, and hopefully work our way to that day. Uh, but thank you, Lord, for technology, the fact that we can continue to do these Bible studies every week. Uh, we're going to talk about a couple of programming notes before I, I, I kind of introduce our new series to you. Uh, a couple of programming notes. Um, at the end of the year, I will be going on vacation. Uh, so uh, next Wednesday uh, will be the last uh, Bible study, that, as far as new is concerned, of the year of 2020. Then we'll come back uh, in, in January uh, and continue. So we're, we're only going to get two weeks uh, deep into this new series uh, before we take a break, uh, but we'll come back and finish. And maybe that'll give you some time to, uh, to dive into it a little more uh, to kind of familiarize yourself with it. So make a note of that. Uh, also, when we get back, uh, a lot's going to be going on involving themanchurch.com. If you want to go to burgessministries.com, you can start looking at some of those upcoming events that we'll be having, services, uh, along with some uh, a couple of conferences and all that that will be happening in the first quarter. Uh, I do want to make you aware of this. So if you're, if you're trying to do something involving Christmas, uh, obviously you can get a lot of great Christmas ideas at themanchurch.com. we got some great uh, T-shirts and, and hats, but we also have a ton of resources for individual men uh, that you can pick out uh, by other authors, not just our authors and, and not just by me, but by some other men that have done uh, incredible uh, books and resources that are available to you. So go to themanchurch.com. You can click on the store there and look around. One thing that you can do on a pre-sale right now, which is really cool, you know, we have the How to Be a Man 40-Day Devotional Series. Uh, we, we're, we put together a trilogy. Uh, we had the first one, The Pursuit of Christ-Centered Masculinity. Uh, the second one, uh, Real Men of the Bible. And now our third one and final one of the How to Be a Man 40-Day uh, Devotional Trilogy uh, will come out uh, or ship in January, and it is, uh, what does it mean to be a disciple? We take this, uh, uh, this word discipleship and, and being a disciple, we, we got a team together of writers. I've written some of it. Andy Blanks has written some of it. Some of our other speakers and writers uh, have written it as well, uh, and it's another 40-day devotional. If you would like for me to sign it to you or to someone on your Christmas list, all you have to do is go to howtobeamanpresale.com howtobeamanpresale.com, and you can order your copy. Now, you're thinking, well, Rick, what about the T-shirts and resources? Well, we need a cutoff of December 15th for that, which is next Tuesday if you're listening to this or watching it uh, live. Uh, but if you do the pre-sale of the How to Be a Man series, our discipleship book is something you're going to be printing out, so you can order it all the way up to you know the day before Christmas Eve if you want to, because you print it out, it tells the person you're giving it to that it's coming to them, we have it in adult and, and youth, uh, and then I autograph every single copy that's bought on the presale, and then we ship that to you in January. So if that interests you, howtobeamanpresale.com. Let's open up in a word of prayer, then we'll jump into to our new series that I'm excited about. Lord, thank you for today. Lord, I personally want to continue to thank you for the grace and mercy uh, that you have afforded uh, me uh, during this time of sickness. Uh, I pray, Lord, that you continue to, um, uh, to bring me through this. Uh, to the other side, as, as hopefully we're already there. Uh, but, Lord, ultimately your will be done, and, and thank you for the things that you continue to teach us during these uh, precarious times. Uh, I pray today that we 
take uh, our next topic seriously and, and begin to ponder what, what is it like to truly seek to know you? Uh, you know, it, that, that, is, that is really, really a bold journey to go on, uh, but it is a journey that you've called us to, and we've also heard you say clearly that if we seek you, we'll find you. And I pray today, Lord, that uh, we start that process, maybe in a way that we've never found you before. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So, back on uh, July the 17th of this past uh, summer, J.I. Packer uh, went to heaven. Uh, he, uh, he died his earthly death. And uh, during that time, uh, a lot of people begin to talk about the works of J.I. Packer and uh, the different uh, books that he's written. And uh, my wife had already, uh, I want you to know a lot of what happens here on the Wednesday Bible study are things that my wife brings to me and she reads them and vets them out and says, hey, I, you might want to think about this. Even the books of the Bible uh, that we've picked, she and I get together and we kind of think about maybe the journey we should go on. If you're new to the Wednesday Bible study, we do this one or two ways. We're either going to be expository teaching through books of the Bible, word for word, expository teaching, or from time to time, we're going to take books that other authors have written, and we're going to unpack those uh, and look for things in Scripture uh, that, uh, that these, uh, these books and commentary are, are pointing us to. Uh, J.I. Packer makes that very clear. The book is called Knowing God, uh, and he talks about this in the beginning of the book, if you haven't already read it, uh, that he understands that, that, that he's taking on quite the topic. Uh, but today we're going to kind of kind of introduce ourselves to to what hopefully is being accomplished uh, by I believe a, a God inspired book. Uh, I was watching so many people on social media when J.I. Packer went to heaven talking about what this book, Knowing God, had meant to them. Uh, and uh, if you look on the back of it, you see people like Billy Graham. Uh, that's a pretty big endorsement. Uh, Elizabeth Elliot, another giant endorsement. R.C. Sprawl. Uh, and uh, Chuck Swindoll, uh, Johnny Erickson Tata, or Johnny Erickson Tata, I should say, uh, and, and the list goes on and on. So it's a heavy book, uh, and it comes with quite the accolades, uh, but if we're willing to jump into it, I think we can learn a lot, and, uh, and we're going to kind of talk about the premise of the book. Uh, there, there's a lot of books, and this is one of the things that J.I. Packer talks about, that even though we're living in a time that we may have access to more information about God than ever before in history, that doesn't mean that we know God. You know, and, and, and that, that was the, when, when I saw that statement from J.I. Packer and Sherry and I began to discuss it, I agreed with her that this was a book that in God's timing uh, we need to delve into. Because this statement that you can know a lot about God but still not truly know God if your journey to know about God is not under the right authority or it doesn't have the right motivation. Uh, so uh, so that, that really appealed to me. And look how this, um, in God's perfect timing, is going to feather perfectly out of 2 Peter, which we just finished that study, 2 Peter, right into this, uh, this topic of knowing God and understanding and, and being theologically sound, because what was Peter worried about in that second letter? He was worried about apostasy. He was worried about heresy. He was wor worried about the things that were rising up from within the church. So uh, J.I. Packer says, uh, even though there's more books and information available about God and theology, many seem to have caused a downgrade in our view of God as opposed to an upgrade. Uh, lots of these thoughts uh, that we see now, a lot of the writings you see now, especially modern day, 
um, they're really about us. They're about mankind. They're about human beings uh, and not so much about God. Uh, and that's, uh-oh. Hey, uh, guys, sorry about that. I know that we've had to cut the live feed. I'm okay. It's just I've been taking a lot of stuff for sinuses because I had this uh, upper, you know, kind of uh, with, with COVID, it kind of gave you an upper respiratory problem, as you know. So I've been taking a lot of medicine that has dried out uh, my sinuses, <laughs> which is good, and the pressure's gone, except the fact now that my nose is so dry that it just started bleeding uh, right in the middle of the Bible study. So I apologize for that, and I'm trying to get that taken care of so that y'all don't have to watch me bleed uh, during a Bible study. And one way to stop one way to stop it is to stick something up your nose, but I don't know that that's going to be pleasant. Yeah, just, uh, just we'll cut it right now. Let me get this worked out, and we'll come right back. Okay, guys? So here's what we're going to do. Forgive me for that. Um, I've been, as you can imagine, uh, they have me taking all kinds of uh, medication to treat symptoms, uh, being uh, when I was COVID uh, positive. And a lot of those tried to take away the sinus pressure that came with that and the headaches and those things have dried out uh, the sinuses to the point that <laughs> my, my nose started bleeding uh, profusely uh, during our Bible study. So uh, I don't think y'all want to look at that, even though we kind of have it under control uh, right now. Doing the, the actual content is what's most important. So what we're going to do, we're going to just keep it audio only for right now because uh, I, I actually have something that is keeping my nose from being an issue, and you probably don't want to look at that. Uh, so <laughs> we'll... Uh, We'll, we'll do audio only, and if this gets better, which it, I, I think it is, and if it gets to the point that we think we can trust it, uh, we'll go back to video. But you, you not being able to see me uh, is not uh, not very important. Let's just be honest. Uh, all right, so pardon me for that. Uh, let's go for those of you that are uh, listening live. So you, you've kind of got the idea that we're going into this book by J.I. Packard, uh, and it is going to be Knowing God. And he, he made it clear. He said, look, this is not a critique. Of, of modern-day knowledge of God uh, that, that seems to be at times, he said, and, and he acknowledges this, it's, it's, at times it seems to be very weak and very clumsy, uh, but he, he said that that's not what he's trying to do. Uh, what he's really saying is he wants to give us uh, another look, you know, from his point of view, and he said, now it may address some of these uh, misnomers indirectly, but he says uh, what, what he's really wanting to do is to kind of take us back, and he's going to try to show us uh, some of the older, uh, uh, more proper visions uh, of God. So do you understand what I'm saying? He's not really trying to say, I'm going to take on uh, what somebody, uh, uh, you know, modern day says about God here. Let me tell you why that's not right. Uh, and then I'm going to go on this one. I'm going to tell you why that's not right. That's not what he's trying to do. What he is really trying to do is, is it's what he wants to do is say, I want to go back to some of those that we could trust. I, I, I want to go back to some of those that, that are dependable, I want to go back to some of those that, uh, you know, have, uh, in his opinion, are more biblically sound. And, uh, and so he, he actually starts off with a, you know, a really cool message uh, from, from Charles Spurgeon. And, and I won't read you all this, but if you have the book Knowing God by J.I. Packer, or you plan on getting it, or you have the study guides, you may be able to find this. Uh, so if you'll go back, he, he starts out uh, on, uh, in chapter one, the study of God. Um, and, and he says that, uh, that, that this is a, from not, uh, January the 7th of 1855, uh, and, it's, and it's Charles Spurgeon. And, and it says, it's been said by, by someone that the proper study of mankind is man. And, and, of course, then Spurgeon says, I will not oppose the idea, but I believe it is equally true that the proper study of God's elect is actually God. I mean, if you, if you want to know, uh, you know about God's people, uh, then you really need to study about God more than you need to study about people. 
Uh, he said the true proper study of, 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 of a Christian, uh, a follower of Christ, a disciple of Christ, the proper study of that person is to actually look at the Christian Godhead itself. Uh, and so that, that's a good point because uh, what do we claim to be? And if we're out there claiming that we belong to God or that we're followers of Christ, um, we've been redeemed by holy God, and we are God's people, we are God's redeemed, we are God's elect, well, then we really need to, to study uh, about God. And so Spurgeon goes on to make that very clear uh, in this message. And, and in this message, he, he says, uh, you know, if, if you want to try to take this on, uh, then this is going to be a very lofty goal, but it's a goal that is worthy. Uh, he said the highest science, the, the loftiest speculation, the mightiest philosophy uh, which could ever in, engage the attention of a child of God is the name, the nature, the person, the work, the doings, and the existence of the great God whom he calls Father. I agree. He says there is something exceedingly improving to the mind in a contemplation of the divinity. It is a subject so vast that all our thoughts are lost in its immensity so deep that our pride is drowned in its infinity. What great words from Charles Spurgeon. He said other subject, subjects we can uh, uh, you know, uh, grapple with, uh, and then we feel kind of you know, self-content and, and go our way with the thought, behold, I am wise. But when it comes to the master of science, uh, finding our plumb line cannot sound its depth and that our eagle eye cannot see its height. We turn away with the thought that vain man would be wise but he is like a, a, a wild donkey's colt, and he doesn't use the word donkey, by the way, Spurge doesn't, and with solemn exclamation, I am but of yesterday and know nothing, no subject of contemplation will tend more to humble the mind than the thoughts of God. Uh, you know what this reminds me of when I, when I was reading this, uh, the, uh, you know, the, this actual message that came from Spurgeon? One of the things that... Uh, uh, that hit me, it reminded me of Job. It, it reminded me of that moment when Job, you know, was questioning God, um, and then God gives his resume in the book of, of Job, and, and, and after God is done with his resume, uh, let, let me tell you, Job's uh, reaction to that is not how great man is or how wonderful I am. Uh, Job's reaction is, hey, look, before I'd heard of you with my ears, and now I see with my eyes, meaning you've made yourself clear to me, and don't you love when God calls him out to tell him who he is? He says, show yourself a man. You know, hey, get dressed and step out here like a man and see if you want to take me on. Well, I think Charles Spurgeon and J.I. Packer are saying the same thing to us um, when we go to take this on. Uh, so, so one of the topics we talk about in Chapter 1 is who needs theology. Is, is it important? I mean, is, is, need, is, 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 is our pursuit of theology uh, something that we should uh, aspire for? Uh, is the study of theology necessary? What well, is the most practical project anyone can imagine? Knowing about God is crucially important for living our lives. So, yeah, I, I find out one of the things that used to boggle my mind about myself, and like I say, you know, in these studies, I, I, I'm trying to talk to you uh, from a position of, of being, uh, you know, uh, uh, all of us in this together. Most of the problems that I point to in these Bible studies uh, obviously are pointed to by the Bible, uh, but I also can relate to them in my own life. Uh, you know, uh, I, I'm working this out with you, and I'm looking at the, you know, the situations in my life and, and my past and saying, 
you know, there's a lot of things in my life that I wish I'd have done differently. There's things in my life I wish I uh, had known this, but I will be honest with you. I was one of those people that just seemed to be, you know, uh, my, my goal about knowing God was knowing enough to be redeemed, and hopefully I wasn't going to hell, but I didn't really have any desire to know anything about God beyond that. Then I just kind of wanted to go on back to live my life. Well, see, that's problematic because J.I. Packer is making the point, and I, and I agree, it makes all the sense in the world. Why in the world did I not want to pursue and know everything about the very God that created me, the very God I had sinned against, and the very God who redeemed me? Why would I not want to know everything I could possibly know about that, uh, about God? Because to know everything about God is to also know more about myself. And also, if I want to know how to live life, why don't I pursue the, 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 the source that life comes from? See, it really makes sense. Uh, when you think of it in that way. So on, on page 20, uh, he, he lays out uh, in, in the book, Knowing God, he lays out the five foundational principles of the knowledge about God, which Christians, uh, you know, uh, uh, that, that we're going to, which Christians have to determine, uh, you know, throughout. That if you're going to be a Christian, these five, five principles will determine uh, our journey. And uh, if, you, if you have the book that, that we're reading, uh, if not, you can make a note of this. It's on page 20 when he, when he talks about uh, these, uh, these, these five things. And it says, uh, first one is God has spoken to man, and the Bible is his word given to us to make us wise, wise until salvation. So one of the, if, if, if a foundational principle, if I'm going to know God and know the God that I serve, that, then I have to understand that I'm going to learn a lot in the Bible, the very word that he inspired about himself, about us, and about our situation with him. Uh, the second one is this. God is Lord and king over his world. He rules all things for his own glory, displaying his perfections and all that he does in order that men and angels may worship and adore him. And, buddy, we get this one wrong, don't we? I think this is probably one of the, the biggest problems uh, when you start thinking about some of the modern-day theology. Uh, and I've heard uh, you know great men of God take this on, uh, and they can do it uh, with with many more gifts than I have, but but that we have somehow taken our theology, and instead of understanding that God is Lord and God is King over the world, and that He rules all things for His own glory, displaying His perfections and all that He does, in order that men and angels may worship Him, if if we if we could understand that concept, uh, it, it helps us to understand ourselves better and also to realize that God is not worshiping mankind, we are worshiping Him. Uh, so now let's go to principle number three. Uh, God is Savior, active in sovereign love through the Lord Jesus Christ to rescue believers from the guilt and the power of sin, to adopt them as His children and to bless them accordingly. Okay, but see, you don't need to get these things out of whack. It, it is true uh, that, that God uh, came to us, we could not come to Him. If you're, if you're you know, uh, listening to this, uh, during the Christmas season, which is when we are doing it live, this is what we're celebrating right now. We're celebrating that when God came to man because man could not come to God. Uh, so he's our Savior. He had to do it. We couldn't do it for ourselves. Uh, he, 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 he became man. Uh, he took on human flesh. He's our Lord, Jesus Christ. That is the Son. He came to rescue believers from the guilt and power of sin, praise His holy name, and then to adopt us as His children and, yes, bless us accordingly. So that, that's number three. Number four, 
God is triune. Now, here we go. Now, this, this is where it gets real deep, but we're going we're gonna to do this. We're not going to be afraid to take this on because you have to. As you've heard me quote Adrian Rogers, if you try to completely understand the Trinity, it's possible that you could lose your mind. But if you deny it, you're going to lose your salvation. So God is triune. Uh, uh, there are within the Godhead three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and the work of salvation is one in which all three act together. The Father, purposing redemption, meaning we have to be redeemed. Why? And that's one of the biggest problems that I, I see this a lot in some of our, and I'm going to put quotes around this, gospel presentations, uh, even during Christmas season, is there's a lot of talk about that Jesus has come and that, you know, that this baby has come and, 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 and God is with us, and that is to be celebrated, no doubt. But when you start talking about why that's good news, you have to explain why, why is this? Why did this have to happen? Well, I'll tell you why. Because of the Father. The Father is holy. Uh, therefore, redemption is now required because mankind turned from God and, and began to sin. And so once sin entered the world, God is holy. There's, he cannot be in the presence of sin. Nothing changes about the holiness of the Father. And so then the Father requires redemption, the Son securing that redemption, and then the Spirit applying it to our lives. So, so there, there's the Godhead. Now, I've given you something really simple, and J.I. Packer uh, with uh, you know, foundational principle number four is laying that out. But I think it's good to go ahead and grab that because I'm, I'm going to guess that there's some of you that are listening to this right now, uh, like, like it was for me, uh, that right there helps you know, to think about the Godhead. So the Father purposed redemption, the Son secured redemption, and then the Spirit takes the power of that redemption, the presence of God, makes our spirit alive, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, and we've done a lot of studies about that and, and what that should look like, uh, and now has applied it. So then principle number five, godliness means responding to God's revelation and trust and obedience. We've done many Bible studies about that, faith, a faith of action, uh, worship. He's the only thing in our life that's worthy of worship, uh, prayer and praise, submission and service. So if you listen to that, that also is a lot like these spiritual disciplines that we talked about. That you know, Where does godliness come from? Well, it comes from, from, from a faith that's in action, these, these spiritual disciplines uh, that we're talking about where we have, uh, you know, we have obedience. If you love me, you'll obey me. Faith, uh, you know, we are saved by grace through faith. It's a, it's a faith of action, a worship, prayer, praise, submission to his authority, service. Life must be seen, I love this, and lived in the light of God's word. So, so how do I live life? Well, by understanding God's word. Uh, God, who is life, tells you and me what life should look like. Uh, this and nothing else is true religion. So the, the, these, these five foundational principles uh, and basic truths, we'll examine them in great detail through this study, and we'll see what the Bible shows us of the nature and the character of God, uh, of whom, of course, you know, this is that we've been talking about. We're in the position of travelers who, after surveying a great mountain from afar, travel around it and observe how it dominates the landscape and determines the features of the surrounding countryside and now approach it directly with the intention of climbing it. J.I. Packer, that's what we're going to do. Uh, so this is going to be quite a bit. I almost, you know, now I'm thinking back to, boy, it's going to be tough to be on vacation for a couple of weeks and, and take two weeks off from this, but then we can dive in. 
All right, so then the next thing we, the next thing we talk about are the basic themes that we're going to cover. Um, and, and, and the Godhead, uh, which that's, that's one that intimidates a lot of us, but we're going to jump in with that. The qualities of deity that separate him from the created. So we want to know that. We want to know about the Godhead. We mentioned a little bit here. We're going to jump in, and that's going to be a, a theme that we're going to unpack. Hopefully, by the time this study is over, things like the Godhead, meaning the Trinity, if those things intimidated you, by the time we get into this, if, if we're willing to have the right attitude, which we're going to talk about before we wrap up today, uh, I, hopefully we'll leave that knowing more about some of these concepts that maybe intimidated us in the past. And don't let the adversary or your flesh keep you from stepping into this journey. Don't let it look, look like this analogy that J.I. Packer just used. Don't let it have you look at that mountain and that mountain, of, uh, meaning God, be too intimidating that you're not willing to try it. Uh, can we comprehend everything about God with our finite brain? No. Uh, are we using that as an excuse to not know as much as we can know? Yes. So we're not doing that anymore. Uh, so we're going to talk about the powers of God. Uh, you, you, you've probably heard some of these characteristics, and uh, I know the song, Lord, You're Holy, talks about these in great detail. His almightiness, His omniscience, His omnipresence. We're going to unpack those in this study. The perfection of God, His holiness, which is one that, uh, you know, uh, there's no doubt does not get talked about enough. It's a word that's scary to a lot of people. Uh, it's a word that shouldn't be such a turnoff because everything you hear about God, it is the attribute that's talked about Him the most that he's holy, so we will too. We'll talk about his holiness. We'll talk about his love. We'll talk about his mercy. We'll talk about his truthfulness, his faithfulness, his goodness, his patience. And yes, we will also talk about his justice. And that's one thing that, that me studying this before, I've listened to the audio book of this almost all the way through, and now I'm reading it. And that's one of the things that jumped out at me, and we'll get into this later in the book, uh, is that one of the things we have to, to stop doing is we cannot go out and talk about God and say, uh, you know, and then say, well, I've looked at his resume, I've looked at all of his characteristics, and some of these characteristics I don't like, so I'm not going to talk about those. Well, see, that's, that's not fair. I mean, it goes back to, I'll go as far as to say, if we leave out God's justice and we leave out God's wrath, and you've heard me say this before, but it's going to be talked about again, then really this, this gospel, this good news, it's not as good when, if we don't understand what we've been saved from. Hey, it's a big deal that God's wrath is not going to come down on the redeemed. But if I don't know anything about God's wrath, I mean, it would be like me saying that, uh, uh, you know, I've got, I've got uh, this drug that I want to give you. you know, we'll talk about this during the COVID. Let's, let's say the vaccine. Okay, let's say it works. Uh, and all of a sudden, I'm ready to talk about, you know, what's going on. Uh, and the vaccine is, is the thing that is ultimately going to you know, to, to help you. But as I'm talking to you, I never tell you about the disease. You never hear about COVID-19. You don't know anything about it. And all of a sudden I said, so I've got a vaccine here, and this vaccine is good news. For what? Well, you just need to take it. It's great. Uh, this vaccine loves you. This uh, vaccine forgives you. This, this vaccine will bless you. This vaccine is good for you. Why is it good for me? Like, like what is it uh, keeping me from? Well, if you never mentioned the disease, then is the vaccine something that really fires you up? Well, that's the, that's the thing with the characteristics of God. If you leave out his justice, if you leave out his, his, his wrath, if you leave out his holiness, then his love and his mercy 
and his goodness and his patience, they just don't mean that much to you. So in order for me to, to, to love his mercy and, and to love his faithfulness and to love his goodness and to love his patience, I've also got to understand his holiness and I've got to understand his truthfulness and I've also got to understand his justice. So we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna, we're gonna take on the entire uh, characteristic and resume of God so that we truly remember you can still know a lot about God and not know God, and that's going to be the theme of this entire book. Uh, so what uh, we also need to find these things out. Uh, what pleases him? What offends him? What, what, what awakens his wrath? Uh, what what, what uh, affords him satisfaction and joy? What, what, what are these things? We need to know that. I mean, if I'm standing here in the presence of a holy God and, 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 I'm, and I, I want to be in, in the right standing with him, then I need to have some idea uh, what offends him, what pleases him, what he celebrates, and what he despises, right? I mean, I don't. I gosh, we want to know those things about the the boss that we're working for. Let me tell you, like I had somebody uh, laughing the other day talking about who who who's worked with me or uh, or has been part of anything that uh, uh, like had, had played for me in sports, and uh, and someone uh, we we were talking and this came up and uh, and the person made the comment. If I could give somebody one thing that they need to know about you is that they better know that you hate somebody that can't be professional. you got to be a pro. And, and if you can't be a pro, uh, then sooner or later you're going to end up on the bad side of Rick. Uh, and, and, and you know what? I, I, I have to say that is true about me. That's something that flies all over me is somebody that can't, that can't, that can't get the job done. They can't be a pro. They can't, they can't go out and, and be excellent no matter what the circumstances are around them. And uh, so this is one of the things you need to know about me. I mean, if you're ever going to be on the team with me, you're going to do men's ministry with me, you're going to do the show with me, you're going to work with me, uh, or you're going to play uh, on a team I coach, uh, you need to know that I, 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 I cannot tolerate people that can't be a pro. Uh, so this is the things that we have to know. It's a much bigger deal to know those things about God than about me, I assure you. Uh, so we need to know uh, these things, and these things might be unfamiliar, uh, they might be unfamiliar themes to you. You may think to yourself, I've never even thought about these things before. Well, you should. And, and that's why this, this book is important. Um, and, but, but you have to understand, us, this is, this is, and this is what J.I. Packer says in the book, this version of the Western church that we have now and the fact that we have a lot of, and I'm using quotes, Christians that really don't care about the holiness of God, uh, they don't care about... Uh, justice, they don't care about truthfulness, they don't care about what pleases him, they don't care about what offends him, uh, they don't care about what awakens his wrath, uh, what affords him satisfaction and joy. Not caring about that is a new concept. And the churches of old, and of course the, 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 the first churches, they cared about this a lot. Uh, as a matter of fact, if you go to, um, to page 21 uh, in the book, one of the things that, uh, that he talks about is the Westminster Shorter uh, Catechism. Uh, and he said there, there was a time where if you raised a child uh, in, a, in, a, uh, in a Christian home, your children would be brought up on the Westminster Shorter Catechism. But now, he said nowadays, few modern worshipers have ever even heard of a series of sermons covering the doctrine of the divine character and uh, uh, talking about things that, 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 that at one time everybody was taught 
uh, and, and he mentions the, the, the book from 1682, Discourses on the Existence and the Attributes of God. He said, uh, Few too will ever read anything simple and straightforward on the subject of the nature of God, for scarcely any such writing exists at the present time. Uh, we can expect, therefore, an exploration of the themes mentioned above might give us you know, a new way to think about many uh, you know, things about God and some fresh ideas to ponder. But he said there was a time when J.I. Packer would not have to write this book because everybody who claimed to be a follower of Jesus, they would have been raised on, on the attributes of God from the time they were old enough to know their left hand from the right. Uh, from the time they were old enough to understand redemption, they would have been taught these things, but we're going to study them here because we have to understand that this is not a given anymore. As a matter of fact, sadly, most of us, Rick Burgess included, uh, by the time I was uh, an adult, uh, I, I did not understand these attributes of God, and I had rarely been taught them. So, uh, so we will unpack those. Uh, so also, how will we apply this knowledge? Uh, what is the aim of this study? Why, why, why do I care about these things? What, what do I intend to do with the knowledge about God once I have it? And that's important. It's important that we clarify that because if we are pursuing this for our own sake alone, this, this Bible study called Knowing God and the journey that we're all going on, if you're pursuing this for your sake alone, it's likely that this is going to go poorly. I, I just want you to know that uh, because this could lead to you just saying, I want to go through a Bible study so I can be knowledgeable about God, and I can't wait to tell people the things that I know that they don't know, and, and, and you're going to come out of this saying, well, my goal is this to kind of be a cut above. I want to be somebody that uh, can hold court uh, at the table when people are talking about things in the Bible or talking about God. I want to know more about God so I can tell people how much I know about God. If that's the motivation, you need to stop right now. It, that can't be the motivation because then this is not going to accomplish what I feel God calling us to in this study. Okay, we're not doing this to be a cut above. We're doing this to be enamored with God. Okay, you got that? That's got to be the motivation. First uh, Corinthians eight one through uh, two talks about this. Knowledge puffs up. The man who thinks he knows something does not yet know as he ought to know. So Paul's telling this church at Corinth, and a lot of these people were very religious people that he's talking to. He said, "But if your pursuit is knowledge alone to puff yourself up," Well, the man right at that point, when you think you know something, you don't even know what you ought to know. If that's your attitude, it already proves you didn't learn it. You, you're claiming to know something that your actions show you don't even know. So let's be careful with our motivation. We can't pursue theological knowledge just for the sake of knowing answers when somebody asks questions. That's important, and that's good, but you don't want to take on that attitude. You know these people. They, 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 they cannot wait, and I struggle with this. When I first started learning more about the Bible than I'd ever known, I will admit that I struggled with this because I was so excited to finally know an answer, and I will tell you, I will confess this sin of arrogance and pride. There was a time when I loved to hear people say something wrong about the Bible so I could correct them, uh, and that is not the right attitude. That, that, that was sin, and I have repented of that sin, and I, and I, I, I tell you, you hold me accountable. That is not my goal any longer. I want to know God for the sake of knowing God, and I want to know God because when I know God, I'm enamored with God. When I'm enamored with God, I love God. When I love God, 
I, I find that I love him because I begin to love him because I realize when I get to know him how much better than sin he is. So much better. Uh, and the only reason why sin used to beat him in my life is because I didn't know him well enough to realize how stupid it was to think anything was better than him. Uh, he, he gets the glory. He's worthy of the glory. So, uh, so we can pursue this. Uh, it can't be about just knowing answers. Uh, there can be no spiritual health without, doctrinal, uh, without proper doctrine and knowledge of it, but it's equally true that there can't be that only, and if, and if it's sought for, for the wrong purpose uh, and valued by the wrong standard, then we got a problem. Now, I, if you have your Bible or something with your Bible on it, uh, and, and we're not going to read all of Psalms 119. We can't. I mean, it's, it, we would be here uh, for the rest of our time together. It, it, just, it, it is a huge psalm. It is a wonderful psalm. But the psalmists uh, that are involved in this, their concern is to let knowledge about God be, be not, not just a theological concern. That You read the psalmist here and all the things the psalmist talks about, and I would encourage you, as extra credit today to read Psalms 119, but I want you to think of it in this way. That's the purpose of me bringing it up and J.I. Packer bringing it up. Psalmist, the psalmist here, they want this to be a practical concern, not just the seek of knowledge just for knowledge's sake, uh, not just theological concern. The, the supreme concern inside this wonderful psalm is, is, is the knowledge uh, that, uh, that uh, to understand God so that our heart might respond properly to God and, and to be conformed to the proper likeness of God, he wants to properly worship God. These different psalmists, uh, and throughout this psalm, and all the different things that you'll see in here, the goal of the psalmist through this entire psalm is to try to get God right so that God will be worshipped appropriately, and if I'm conforming unto the likeness of God, what I'm conforming to, that standard has to be understood properly for me to know whether I've conformed to it or not. Does that make sense? So, so if, you, if you've got time, sit down with Psalms 119, go with that attitude, and go through it, and man, it'll speak to you today, I promise you. We must be seeking God and, 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 and to, to love Him, and we must be seeking God for, for the no other purpose than what He said, seek me and you'll find me. Hey, Lord, we are seeking you so that you reveal yourself to us, and when you reveal yourself to us properly, there will be a response from us that will be uncontrollable. We want to worship you properly. We want to conform to you properly. We want to live under your authority properly. That is our motivation. And then, meditating on the truth. This was very convicting to me. Uh, so, so how do we turn our knowledge about God into knowledge of God? And that's, that's going to be the whole journey that we're going on. How do we turn our knowledge about God into knowledge of God? Now, this, is, this can be pretty simple as far as understanding the concept, but it's going to be very demanding. And this is, part of it is, we're going to have to learn how to meditate on the truth. We're going to have to learn how to do that. Uh, how do we turn our knowledge about God into this knowledge of God? Uh, we turn each truth that we learn about God into matter for meditation before God, leading to prayer and praise to God. Now let me say that again. So every truth that we learn about God 
It's going to be worthy of meditation before God. We're going to take this truth before him, and then we're going to pray and praise to him because of what we, every time we learn something, let's take it to him, let's pray about it, and let's praise that truth about him to him. Uh, it says we have some idea perhaps what prayer is, but what is meditation? And this is the part that really convicted me. I'm already learning in this study. Well, meditation, he says, J.I. Packer says, is a lost art today. I would agree with him on that. Christian people suffer uh, because of their ignorance of this practice. You know, you see all these false religions, and they're all about meditation, but there they are meditating on, on uh, mysticism and, uh, and not the truth. But the actual discipline of meditation serves the Christian quite well. Uh, this is the activity of calling to mind and thinking over and dwelling on and applying to oneself the various things that one knows about the works and the ways and the purposes and the promises of God. Now listen to this. It is an activity of holy thought, okay, consciously performed in the presence of God under the eye of God by the help of God as a means of communion with God. Everybody still with me? Don't let this get too deep. It's really simple. It's just demanding, okay? It's the activity of holy thought, and underline holy, consciously performed in the presence of God, under the eye of God, by the help of God, as a means of communion with God. Okay, so we're still depending on Him, but we're going in with our minds holy, in the presence of God, knowing we're under His authority, His help, His eye, and we want to commune with Him. And we're deliberately doing this. It's the purpose to clear one's mental and spiritual vision of God, to let His truth make its full and proper impact on one's mind and heart. It is a matter of talking to oneself about God, and oneself it is indeed often a matter of arguing with oneself reasoning oneself out of moods of doubt and unbelief into a clear apprehension of God's power and grace. Have you ever done this? Uh, I, I do this a lot of times in my life trying to, to not be pulled into sin. And so if I'm walking along and let's say that I think something or I see something that I let my eyes fix on too long or I say something that I know, I know immediately that is not of God, I will argue with myself about it. I'll say, what is your problem? I mean, can, my goodness, I mean, what else has God got to do for you, Rick, for you to not do that? I mean, you are, oh, so you're still saying that? How, why would you do that? And, I'll, and I will argue with myself about my ongoing sanctification. Well, J.I. Packer says that's healthy. Talk to yourself about God. Uh, argue with yourself. Reason yourself out of any mood or doubt or unbelief in the clear apprehension of God's power and grace. Anything that you got going on in your life that you know is not of God, you got to get. You got to actively argue that out of your life. You got to reason it out of your life. Yes, you can make a decision to say, "I'll tell you one thing. I'm not going to be pulled into that mood today. I know that's not of God. I know that's of. Uh, I know that's of darkness. I know that's of my flesh. Not going to do it." So, so this is being disciplined. You know, this is not about legalism. And I can already. I know in the times we're living in. My goodness, you can't call anybody to a spiritual discipline or to obedience without somebody screaming legalism. Look, legalism is not obedience, and obedience is not legalism. Legalism is not spiritual disciplines, nor are spiritual disciplines legalism. A lot of this legalism talk is, is sometimes used as an excuse to abuse grace. 
okay? And you know we've talked about this. And yes, there is true legalism, and we shouldn't be part of that. I got it. But let's be careful about being able to discern what is legalism and what's obedience and a spiritual discipline. Its effect, talking about this meditation on God's words and His truths, its effect is ever to humble us as we contemplate God's greatness and glory and our own littleness and sinfulness and to encourage and reassure us, comfort us in the old, strong Bible sense of the word as we contemplate the unsearchable riches of divine mercy displayed in the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise His holy name. So these are the points that were stressed by Spurgeon uh, that we quoted at the beginning of the chapter. Uh, And now we're about to enter into a more and more deep, deep, deep experience of being humbled and exalted that our knowledge of God increases and with it our peace and our strength and our joy. You know what we need to say right now? God help us. God help us then to put our knowledge about God to to this use uh, that we all may in truth truly know the Lord. Not just know about the Lord, but truly know the Lord. Uh, Are you willing to take this endeavor? Are you willing to do it? I realize that we're going to you know, finish this now and then uh, we're going to get into next week and then there's going to be a break, but I think that's okay. I, I, think, I think God's hand is in that too because I think it's going to allow us to maybe spend some time. This is not going to be uh, an easy ride. Uh, you know, the, the good news for all of you out there is uh, God has assigned you a C student from Calhoun County. Uh, and We've been doing this for, what, five years now in this Wednesday Bible study. Uh, where I can kind of dive in uh, to some stuff that can get a little deep and I can find a way to apply it to my life where I can understand it. And most of you out there, if I can understand it, you can understand it easily. Uh, and, uh, and then I, I, I'll work through it with you. Uh, but, but this is something that's important because I, I think the concept of this book uh, is sadly missing uh, in our even Christian society today, especially uh, in the Western church. And I think the point J.I. Packer is making is it's not like there's, uh, that we're lacking for information about God. It's, it's probably more plentiful than ever before. But uh, a lot of it makes no attempt to actually know God. It's just attempting to tell you more about God. And the problem is if it's just knowing about God and not actually knowing God, many times we take God and instead of knowing what he's already said about himself, then we begin to make him into something that we've created, not who he says he is. And so that is going to be our journey, and you can already see there's some, uh, there's some uh, intimidating concepts that have already been thrown out here in chapter number one. So remember these. Remember why we need theology, and to be sure that we pursue it for the, for the proper reasons. Uh, remember the basic themes and these, these five principles uh, that we're going to unpack as we go forward. Then we want to ask ourselves, how do we apply the knowledge properly that we've attained? And then are we willing to meditate on these truths until we get it? You know, uh, I don't know about you, but a lot of things that we learn in our life, we learn by repetition. Uh, that's, that's that meditating. It, it's, you know, how many times, and I, I'm going to bring this up again as I close out this, uh, this week, and my apologies for my ongoing health issues that kind of made this a little different today, but hopefully we, uh, we still 
have gotten the basics uh, to you, uh, the concept of this study. But um, uh, I, I think that, that sometimes, you know, taking something that you've learned, if you don't write it down, and I'm going to encourage a lot of you. I know sometimes y'all listen to this stuff while you're riding around on archives or, you know, but some of you that are watching it or listening to it today live, I'm going to encourage you with all I have because it, it it's changed my uh, study of the Word of God. You're going to have to get to where you write these things down. Uh, and the good thing about this being archived for you, you can go back, even if you can't write it down live, you need to start taking some notes. And if you've got a copy of the book, or the study guide from J.I. Packer, you need to be underlining, you need to be highlighting, because on this study, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be big. Because he's telling us, when we learn something new about God, we need to spend time on it until we've got it. We need to spend time on it until these concepts come to us naturally uh, because we, we've conformed ourselves uh, to, to God and what he says about himself. So uh, I'm ready for the journey if you are. Uh, and, uh, and and today, uh, it looks like that uh, there was some effort for us not to hear this today, uh, but uh, praise the Lord, he, we've overcome it. Uh, and I thank uh, Adler for doing a great job of keeping this going today. And as you take it out and you consume it, and I appreciate your patience with me today. J.I. Packard, Knowing God, Session 1 uh, is complete. Let's look that over and let's prepare ourselves when we come back at the same time next week, and we'll jump into Chapter 2. Let me pray for us. Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for this, uh, uh, this daunting uh, journey that we're about to go on. As you reveal yourself to us, the great I am, the beginning and the end, uh, and may we gather from this, number one, humility. I know that's coming. If we're, if we're willing to humble ourselves, the more we find out about you, the more we're humbled because we realize that you are God and we are not. And I pray that you'll reveal yourself to us in ways that we can consume it and apply it because you are worthy of all praise and all worship. And we do thank you for every concept, every characteristic, every truth about you, not just some of them. And we pray today in your holy name. Amen. Thank you for being with us, and we'll talk to you next week.